Recording in progress, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Loosehead Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible people that own, run, Caffeine Gum Australia. Lots of professional sporting teams buying gum lately, Jed. It's been good. It's been great. It is. How are you, mate? Been a while. What's happening? Not too bad, mate. It's been it's been a long time. It's been a long time. A couple of weeks. Um, There's a lot going on, Jed Gillespie. There's heaps going on. There's heaps going on. I was just looking at the um, – we'll no doubt get to this, but I was just looking at a few of the Super Rugby teams, and they are fucking shit. Yes. And I don't, I don't Harry have and any – Harry Megan on South Park? Holy shit. That is the funniest shit ever. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I've literally watched it after this. I hate those two. Um, yeah, no, it's been a while. Mum and dad actually came over and visited me in Hong Kong. Did they enjoy themselves? Yeah, bro. I, like, we had a, such a good time. It was really, really good. Like, unbelievable. You know, when people visit you here, like, you can, there's a lot of cool shit you can pack into, like, a week. 100%. Um, and, and it's different when you have someone that lives there as opposed to just visiting. So you can take them to some of the local places. They get to see the football club, you know, go to, go to some of the islands and actually get a little bit more of a, not a local experience, but, like, a rich person local experience. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, yeah, effectively that. But it was cool. It was very, very good. Action-packed week, like, just did lots of stuff. So that was definitely one of the highlights was mum and dad coming over. I think they had a did good time. Did you do the before. giant Buddha? Did you do the giant Buddha? No, we didn't do the giant Buddha because we, we've done that before on, like, it's been a while, but they've been here a couple of times. My brother played for the um, Australian police here okay. the other year in yeah, the right. police, police World Cup. So they, How does he feel about some of your late-night antics? Like, you got well, a policeman in the family, and you're obviously, you know... He's a, he's a snitch, and you just I just can't mention anything fun around him. No, he's he's I'm I'm a lot more strategic than him. Um, but really? no, that was really that was really good. And then, yeah, but mate, basically I'm heading home. I'm back tomorrow. So oh, nice. Um, so your last day in Hong Kong. Yeah, like I'm back. So I leave tomorrow night. Like uh, yeah, tomorrow night. Is this mate, an official retirement rena- announcement? Are we having the yeah. Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah. Jed Gillespie it's official. It's official. I look. I got. I, got, I hurt my knee in this game. Fucking a long time ago now. My fourth game. It hurt so bad. Like I was. I couldn't walk. I'm sure I complained about it on here. I was fucked. Um, I ended up talking to a doctor over Christmas, and he's like, "Mate, what are you doing? Like, you you might be able to get going again, but what are you doing?" So, I tried. Like I thought I'd. Like I think that it was the right thing to do. So I spent like I trained my fucking ass off, um, and I just it just fucking hurts, man. It hurts every day, and I, it's just not going to get any better. So yeah, I had to sort of make a call, and it sucks a bit. I feel like I let I've let sort of let down my end of the bargain by not being able to you know deliver my half, but I I just can't do anything about it. Well, um, you get you get injured, mate. That's not really something you you can control. And people that make you feel shit about that, no. But that's, that's the thing. No, no one has. Which is just because there's really good people here. But you just feel shit about it yourself. I think yeah. being injured, it doesn't matter like where you are. What you're just so far away from. Once you're injured, you're so far away from everything, um, which sucks. But there's a yeah. Everyone's been very good to me here, so I'm I'm sad to be leaving in that respect. Um, but I'm pretty happy to be coming home. Um, I think it's it's taught me the trip, like having a little trip, taught me that I'm sort of where I want to be, Sydney. Um, 
I don't know. It's just like when I was 25, I could have stayed in America forever. But 30, I sort of want to be, I don't know. You sort of like want to see the people you've known for a long time. See all your mates, babies, wives, did all that stuff. I don't know. It's just maybe it's, I'm just getting old. That's sort of what you want to do. You want to see your people. I must admit, I like I probably hadn't been home for longer than 24 hours for over a week until yesterday, and I was just craving getting home, just craving it. Like there's something about just being in your space around your people. I got my degenerate scumbag mates around the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's something. There's something about that. Now tell but, me, have you yeah. obviously you're very, you're the Tom Brady of uh, you know lower level semi professional rugby? Have you got a uh, commentary gig lined up, paying multiple hundreds of dollars over a ten year period? No, it's very <laughs> far. Did you do something for Clutch? I thought you did something for Clutch. Yeah, I did the last like four games for Clutch. Um, it's pretty fun. I will say it's pretty fun. I don't think. I'd, there's certainly a skill to it. It's not the hardest thing in the world. I don't know whether you're allowed to openly criticize referees on there like I was doing on the clutch stream, <laughs> but the, some of the refereeing here is fucking horrific. Um, so I wasn't going to go down without a fight. I'm not sure that it had enough listeners to really get me in any trouble, but gee, there was, as you, as per usual in uh, the Hong Kong Premiership, there's just cards flying everywhere for anything. You know, fucking six year cards per game. Don't have a long term commentary contract, but I'm willing to partner up with Sunny Bill um, and perhaps do like a little halftime offloading and thing if they're interested. You guys would be a very good duo. I'm sure Sunny's a big fan of yours. Now tell me, what do you make of all the Wallaby stuff going on at the moment? Is it? Well, I, yeah, I was it, hoping you could fill me in a bit. Well, I was, I'm just sort of curious, like, Clearly, we have no idea what we're talking about, just like most of the other people that have podcasts and hypothesize on these things. But you'd think that a part of a team's success is having some consistency, right? So it can take years to get good, I, I would have thought. So if you're going to change the head coach, you'd assume that you'd want some kind of consistency with the assistant coaches, particularly because they got three or four games before France. Yeah, well, I've there's a fair few expats over here and they were a lot of them were asking me about when Laurie Fisher sort of said he was pulling up stumps. And no, I have no inside knowledge on that. No, no, no. I don't have any inside knowledge either. And I was sort of like explaining like, he's a bit of like a cult hero icon guy, but like I did say as well, like he sort of goes in and out of like teams sometimes. I don't think his role, like I think his role would be very useful, but like not to the core of the team. I said, I was like, I, like Dan McKellar does the Fords. Like, I think, you know, so he, like, you'll be all right because Dan McKellar, you know, he's the Brumbies coach and he does the Fords. So for him to go as well, and then I don't know what Petrus Duplessis does besides film them on the field, but he, yeah. he, he's been at least a consistent figure there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether it was like the pre planned thing. Like, was it pre planned? Don't think so. Well, I, not, I got a feeling good. they thought. I got a feeling they thought they would stay. I I literally don't know. First, firstly, like very happy for Dan getting the Leicester Tigers job. How could you say Fucking no earth. to that? How could you say no to that? Even if like they're reporting that they did off try and offer him the the job after Eddie left, he's just thought he was going to get it in a year's time. Now he's not going to get it for five years time. So imagine putting your life on hold again. 
to maybe be the Wallabies head coach in another five years' time. So you may as well go to one of the best comps in the world with, with one of the best teams in the world and, you know, progress your career even further. Like, his stocks will rise by going oh, He just – he fucking – undoubtedly, I got – no, I don't know him from Barish Soap, but he deserves that job. I don't think that this is good for the Wallabies. I don't know I, I, what how the Wallabies feel about it. I don't I don't like the appointment of Eddie Jones. I think it's fucking stupid. And this is I know we've had this discussion before, but that's just my feelings. It's not they're not worth anything. But I don't understand now. I, I'd like to know how the players feel about this. And I have absolutely no insight. We don't ask Holloway these pointed questions when it comes to this stuff because he's got enough going on. Like, I'd love to know how they feel about everyone going now, particularly the Brumbies guys who, you know, they know Dan McKellar and Laurie, like, pretty well. Having They spent all year with them, and they're good operators, and they've been successful. So I'd love to know how they're fucking feeling. It's a ruthless job, mate. Ruthless job coaching, isn't it? Like, who the fuck would do that? I don't know. It's fucking brutal. But I think... I think... Dan McKellar deserves his role. He's done fucking well. And I think everyone will be lesser without him. Um, yeah. Look, I, 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 I can see, uh, look, I can see Dan Palmer getting a call. Look, if, if you go through all the, the, the forwards coaches or the scrum coaches in the country, Andrew Blades, and I'm only hypothesizing, I don't actually know. Andrew Blades is not going to leave the general manager of the Waratahs job. That's a great gig. And he's going well. He's not going to leave that to risk doing the Wallabies again. Nick Styles, same at Melbourne. He's not going to risk losing that job to go to the Wallabies. Simon Cron at the Force, nah. He's not going to be an assistant coach. Then, then who else you got? Cameron Lillycrap or Daniel Heenan at Queensland? Nah. It's going to be someone from from space. Like it's going to be someone from the absolute moon. I don't think so. I, I reckon Palms Palms will get a call. He worked. Oh, with I think Eddie Palms will get a call, but. Who's going to do the forwards? Well, yeah, I don't know. He Look, he's been doing the forwards at the Brumbies. Uh, admittedly, he's more of a scrum expert than everything else, but by all accounts, he's doing a really good job there. So I guess the proof will, no be, on fr- the proof no will be on Friday night. Yeah, fuck me. I On those Friday night, my, a few of my mates were messaging me because the Tars were nine bucks, 13 plus. Were they? <laughs> Which is steep, like 13 plus is a good win, two tries. But I always think about it because not that I gamble anymore because I'm in abject poverty, but in, in simpler times, you know, it's only a six-point win and then a sneaky try at the end with yeah. a conversion. I think the Tars will beat the Brumbies. I lo- I don't mind the Brumbies team, um, but it's just a little bit skinnier than it used to be. That's all. It's not. It's still a really, really good side. Don't get me wrong. Try like. We haven't even started talking about the Rebels in the Force yet. It's oh, it's, it's going to be tough years for them, I think. It's, well, let's get to them. Let's give them their own time. Well, hold on. Let's talk about something positive before we talk about something that we enjoy but is less positive. Just want to give a shout-out to my mate, Black Shop, uh, starting for the Brumbies on the weekend. Uh, anyone, that's that's knows, anyone that knows him or has seen him work will not be surprised by that. Um, and he he's a really good example of – You've seen it as a coach. You've seen it as a player. People that have this short-term mindset, I want to get what I want now and are not willing to put in the work over a period of time to improve themselves. 
Shelby was nothing three years ago. Nothing. He was a third grader. Something clicked in his brain. He just fucking worked his ass off. And now look where he is. He's starting in an all-wallaby type five, you know, for the Brumbies in a super rugby game in Sydney. It's like he's, if everyone had that guy's attitude, everyone would be successful. So it's a bit, it's a really good testament to him and what he's done. Cause, uh, you know, he, when he went to the Brumps, so he had a, he had a couple other clubs sniffing around with potentially more money. And um, he got very, very little to go to the Brumbies for a training thing. We'll train and trial. You can stay till March. Um, he had to like stay at a friend's place because he couldn't afford to pay rent. Uh, after the first game, they signed him for a year, killing it. Before Christmas, they signed him for another two years. And now he's starting in round one. Yeah. Take your opportunities cool. and work hard. It's fucking awesome. Reminds me of when Scotty Seo went down there, actually. Like, similar progression. Like, just went down there, sort of exploded. Um, it's it's very cool. In the nicest way possible, he's got quite a favourable matchup this weekend as well. He's not going to have to pack against a, like, a, you know, a 50-test legend tight head um, with a few injuries at the Tars. So, it's a, it's a nice, and we've all been there, it's a nice way to go into a game. Like he's still going to have to do playing against right. guys that he's played before. And, Correct. You know, it's the comfortable it, it, Sydney's. A, you know, it's a comfortabler environment. There'll be family and friends around. You know, it's yeah, it's not. It stacks up well. But yeah, look, I I think the tires are looking reasonable. Um, the six-two bench, I don't really get. I mean, I get it as a theory. I don't understand the value of it in this regard, but. I think one of the guys can cover halfback. I think that's why they did it. Which guy? Where's the team? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I, heard, I heard rumors. I heard rumors, Jake Gillespie. Anyway, about, did you watch you the Rebels? About, did you watch the yeah, Rebels so, trial? No. Nah. Talk to me. Oh, it's going to be a tough year for those boys. Fuck. Yeah, look, I I just spent a little bit of time skimming with not much depth research, but. I don't have any fucking I don't have any skin in this game. That team is bad. Um, it's not a good team. But I I just don't get it. I, I've said it before and I because I'll say it about the force in a second. I don't know how you can have a decade plus and just fail to put together talent. They fail to put together talent. I, there's not enough talent on the field to win that game. As in, they might win the game this weekend because they're playing another team that fails to put together talent. But it's just incredible. Like at various times, the, the Tars will, like the Tars have enough talent at the moment. They've they've got enough guys who play good footy. Rebels don't. They just don't. Some of the they're, selections and the signings are very strange. They're fucking. But who very has been strange. doing them? It's a de- it's a decade straight of crap. Like, and even if guys are performing to their absolute utmost, you're only going to get certain outcomes. Like, they just mustn't give a fuck whether they win or lose down there, truthfully. And if you go over to the force, the force, in my mind, is a little bit more like the Wild West in terms of who they sign. They get a lot of guys who are coming off somewhere a little bit older. Like, But they're, they're fucking really thin as well. They're really, really thin. They have some areas where they excel, like they've got better f- hookers this year. Um, but... They're so thin. 
It's going to be so a couple of front row injuries across the board, and it's going to be a very tough year for some of the Australian teams. Why not ever? Like, you might as well have two divisions. Even some of the tens. Some of the tens. A couple of ten injuries. You know. There's some... There, there's... I, I don't think we can... I don't think we can field five super rugby teams. I really don't. Fucking hell. I... I don't know. I think if it was just a like you know some sort of perfect world, we could sit down and objectively draft five teams. I think there's enough people there around the world. Just, yes, but the money just doesn't like. If you look for England, if you look for England, Ireland, shit. Japan, there's some good Australian rugby players around the world. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but they're not playing here. They're Why certainly not. I don't. Well, there's no money at all. And you also, but you're getting. I still think the fucking talent identification is terrible. But there's no money. But they always find fucking money when they need to. Do you know what I mean? Like Dave Rennie would have been paid out a year. That's not going to be cheap. They would have found a, a whack load. No, of it's not. No, no, no. It, it comes. It comes. I'm not going to start this. Trust me. For anyone who's listening, you've heard it a billion times before. But like the the salary cap and whatnot, it just doesn't go up. It hasn't moved. That like what players played, uh, what players are getting paid doesn't change. So people just bounce around like Division Two fucking Japan, no, and never be seen again. But you make two x, three x what you make here. Like if you offered anyone in the Tars, like a no, not anyone, but anyone who's not going to play international rugby, like a Division Two Japanese contract, they will never see again. It's such a, it's such a difference that they would just do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, look. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think sometimes, yeah, you actually want to care about the team you're playing for. Like rugby can be quite tough. And yes, it might be nice to get more money than you're getting, but you're not at the fucking Waratahs. And if you look at like the Brumbies are just re-signed Allen, Robbie Valentini, you know, Angus Bell just re-signed for four years. So, And you can't tell me that they're not, they're not able to get more money overseas playing easier rugby. Yes, I know they're Wallabies, but... Oh, I think if you've got a good environment, people still give a fuck about playing for your franchise and for your country. I still think it's important and probably more important than money. Just hypothesizing there. Oh, yeah. No, I'd, th- I'd say it's a low percentage who are in that category. I think those guys are pro- probably in that category. Don't think Angus Bell is realistically. He's a young wallaby. I'd say he's like as in it's, it's just his trajectory like he, he he's gonna have to stay and like he's gonna have to do things he's also probably not that attractive in europe at the moment at the end of the four-year contract he will be um guys like like alan would be very attached to the brumpies he's been there for a decade um but i'd, I'd say i just think it's a low a lower percentage like it's it's business it's business but i like be, all those you might be right i think rugby's too hard to not play for a team you don't care about that's just my thought, but uh, you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of mercenaries in the world. Jim. Oh, a lot, oh of, man. A lot of sell swords. I will say, what was uh, the force? There's a young fella on the bench for the force, Sifa Amon, who I worked with a little bit, like worked with literally off off field stuff at my old job. He's a fucking freak. So if he like, he's got a little bit of Taniella Tupo to him. Like his ball running is f- incredible. Like absolute freak. He's twenty years old, playing reserve tight end. If he gets the ball, like you could see some crazy highlights. So you heard it here first. But he's, it's good to see him get a start. It does show the depth over there a little bit. Um, but he's a freak with ball in hand, like just powerful. So 
excited to see him get a crack. Can I bring up a subject that I know is close to your heart? Please. The uh, Australian government announcing funding for the full-time women's program. Yeah, that's, oh. I think it's I think it's good. What was it though? I just read this. It was a couple, couple of million dollars to put towards the funding of the full-time women's game, I believe. So a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, I think it's good. I'd like the women's game to be funded full-time, but if you fund it from the government, it's somewhat, it's defeating the purpose a little bit. I mean, it's like the Victorian government fucking chipping the $10 million sponsorship for the netball team. Like It cuts out the whole process of someone privately funding or, or like you're earning your worth. So I think it's good because like, I suppose there's two arguments. Like you got to you got to stimulate the game somehow, so it's good to see it's that they'll get money. Jed. It's an investment. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I think it's good overall. I still think the the concept is unsustainable if you just get the government to do it every time into a private sort of sports body. But I think it's good. I also think it's very timely considering after this season, if they're not getting paid properly, you won't see anyone good left because they'll be playing NRLW. The money over there sounds lovely. It's fucking massive for where Seven, eight games or whatever, ten games. Yeah, it's fucking nothing. Like it's it's massive, but it's a lot more than like you know, fucking the NRC was making or like or anyone was making. Like it's really good. It's like it's like my ten rugby sort of cash, and like they get the NRW's got good sponsorship. But look, their teams they're just going to keep adding teams per year. So if the Super W doesn't get paid something, like well, they're, they, they've got, go. they're getting a minimum, but I, I don't think it's a huge amount amounts of money. I think no, it'll be fucking, it'll be fuck all. But they're just going to go, man. They, they honestly will, and they know that like if they want to play in a World Cup or something, they can just float back. There's never yeah. been a better time for women's sport. Like I've seen a bunch of them go and play over in Europe, in France, in England. You know, there's plenty of opportunities if you want to see the world make some money playing sport. It's never been yeah. a better time, Jed. No, it's true. There hasn't been a better time. You know what I mean? very good. It's yeah, the advent of it. It's going to be be interesting to see where it goes in 10, 15 years' time. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it'll be it'll be pro. I don't know if Union will be pro. I don't know if Union will exist. League will be pro. Everyone will just go to league. It'll be Australian Rugby League will play versus the All Blacks. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. Rugby league sucks. Oh, yeah, well, there I said it. Yeah, but they they do a lot of things right, and one of the well, actually on that. So they're they're still talking about a strike, maybe. So they've agreed in in theory to the terms for the women, but they haven't agreed on the revenue share for the men. So we're like a week away from round one. They're they're gonna they're talking about a strike if they don't get it. Pretty crazy. Well, look, it's a job at the end of the day, as you said. It's a business, and I get it. Show me the yeah. motherfucking money. Yeah, they're getting shown the money. They're just not getting shown the same split. So it's fucking. It's that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. There's a big going in Wales as well. I'm, I'm sure you're. Yeah, I saw. I, I saw a little bit, little bit of that. Nothing. I didn't read too far into it, but the Welsh Rugby Union seem to have some fucking qualms. They got some problems over there, man. They got the some weather, problems. The weather sucks. The weather sucks. Everyone's from a coal mine. 
and they're not getting paid apparently. You got to think, you know, there's like there's been a lot of uh, roundabouts in the coaching world lately. Do you think that they thought bring Warren back would solve all their problems and put a bit of a good feel in there? And it's clearly not working because, no, yeah, even the best coaches can't overcome administration issues. Administrative fuck-ups, which is for some reason just so closely associated to rugby. I think that rugby has the like the willingness to just employ people who played rugby for some reason. And to do the administration, like, oh, yeah, but he played for the fucking Welsh team of the Wallabies 40 years ago. Why is someone smart? I think they'll just take anyone who puts their hand up. Yep, you're in. It's madness. It's like, yeah, you know, like hoping what, I don't know, you get brownie points because you played against the All Blacks in 1990. Like, how about you hire someone who knows how to run a fucking business? Because, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's also... It's a funny one because, like, I've been reading a lot of Alex Ferguson's. He's got a few books out, you know, the Sir Alex, you as you call it. Yeah, yeah. One of the, <laughs> the things that he said he says is, um, you've got to be on the same page as your your chairman and your board. And he goes, as a young manager or a young coach, you wouldn't go to a place where you weren't on the same page with those guys. But then on the flip side of that, if someone's offering you two million bucks a year and your name's Warren Gatlin, what the fuck would you do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's I think probably just. I would take the money. I'd fucking. I'd commit some murders for that sort of money. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I just think rugby's got that problem. And that's just anecdotal. That's just me thinking it. It doesn't mean it's real. I just so think it's real. To summarize this little good start to the, the um, pod, little good start. Man, I haven't been talking much lately. Little good starts to the podcast. The Rebels and the Force will be terrible this year. Yep. Um, uh, Eddie Jones is the worst signing in the history of Australian rugby. That's a Jed Gillespie quote, just for anyone listening. And you would murder someone for money. Yeah, for the right amount of money. What's the go with the beard and the the mo not being there? Like the beard being there. Are you going for like a bit of Russian at the moment? Yeah, I'm going Dagestani at the moment. It's helped me with my training. Uh, I needed every edge I could get. Um, and I figure if I look, the more I look like Kamza Chumayev or someone like that, the, the more powerful I'll be. You look um, a bit more of Fedor Emilienko than Kamza. Yeah, it's, it's not what I'm going for, but that's all right. That's all right. He's from the right area of the world. Um, Russia, obviously, slight great cloud over them given the whole war situation. But before that, Prosperous nation. So, yeah. Oh, we're pro war on this show, though, aren't we? Like, people got to make money somehow. It, it is a big um, economic booster, uh, stimulus package. So, I wouldn't say I'm pro war, though. <laughs> actually, on that, I've you been... say that offline, though. No, I don't say that yes, offline. Yes, you do. Oh, actually, you do. Depends which one. But I've, um, Russia's the birthplace of every good fucking online rabbit hole I've ever been in. And I've been in a few lately. Granger, who was on the pod last week, terrible, terrible on the pod. He um I did get told that by the way. Yeah, he was he was awful. But like fuck how I should have done it wrong. How so, hard is it to just try and infuriate you? That's he doesn't talk doing. that well. He doesn't talk that well. I need I know he doesn't actually listen, so he won't hear this, but he's fucking awful. Um the I've been yeah this you know so the the slap fighting championship, Dana White's one, right? Yes, stupidest so sport in the world, but very yeah, entertaining correct. to watch. Oh, anyone who's into MMA hates it. 
just two blokes lining up each other and you just slap them until they're unconscious, right? I like watching it. I think it's a terrible sport, though. Keep going. Oh, yeah. It's not a sport. So they're in, they're in like an ultimate fighter setup at the moment where they live in a house and they train. And the training is so funny. Like, they're all built like shit. They're kind of fat. Like, or they're skinny. Like, they're lightweights. They don't cut weight or anything. And they're in the gym, like, throwing med balls, practicing their slapping technique. It's so funny. Like, they're, they're even... Pressing. They barely even do though. They just do this like med ball throws and like practice their hand shape. And I had to watch it because I needed to have a take on it. Um, it it started in Russia and I watched it years ago. Vasily Dumpling, the, the the heavyweight champ over there. For some reason, it's more acceptable in Russia to me. It's not. It looks stupid in America. Um, the MMA community hate it because it's effectively just handing out concussions. But it is powerfully funny to watch. Like I've watched now all five episodes, and it's very, very amusing. Yeah, I honestly think it's safer to be in a street fight or an MMA fight than it is we to can do def- the slap. You can defend yourself, right? Like, yeah. In these heavyweight matchups, it's like you flip a coin to see who goes. It's like Chubby or Jet, and so who, like whoever wins the coin slap, I mean the coin flip, just wins the fucking fight because. If you slap me first, I'm just going to be unconscious. Like, it's it's so fucking stupid. But taking it back to, like, the original Ultimate Fighters, which I don't know if people didn't watch on here, then they're actually very funny because you're allowed to drink piss in the fighter house. And these guys are just sort of half going to the gym, learning how to slap each other, and then just getting buckled every night, getting in fights. And they think they're really tough, like they, because they're all like slap fighters, as they call it. Like they think they're hard, hard men, and they're just not. They're just guys who, I don't even know where you find them. You, you're like if you, you just would have put an open call out and just picked like twenty of them, but it's it's worth a watch. They're punters. <laughs> they're just punters. Get off the street, some homeless people. I'll give you some money to slap the shit out of Jed. I'd do it. I think there's there's. I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up another one. There's one There's one over there where they fight and they're surrounded by bales of hay and it's very good watching. It's At least you can defend yourself, but it's just bare knuckle and it is very, very fun. And I've been, uh, me and Grange have been watching hours every night and another one's called King of the Street. Look, if you're bored today, whoever's out there, if you're an MMA fan, go watch King of the Street. It's MMA, but in a fucking car park and the octagon is a metal fence and the ground is concrete. So it's absolutely- an actual street fight. Yeah, it's an actual street fight. And most of them, it started, they're like sort of soccer soccer hooligan based, but they're all sort of fighters. Like they know how to fight. It's, It's fucking hectic. And so like they all from different countries. Whenever someone from Poland comes in, or Albania, I just pick them straight away. I just, or whatever's going on in Poland, they are hard, hard people over there. Um, Can I? Um, I just had a genius marketing plan. You go. should become a slap fighter. No, I'd get fucked. I got a, I got a glass chin. Yeah, but you, what, oh, mate? You think you think of the opportunity? I look like a slap fighter, but I got a glass jaw, man. I've been, I get, I got knocked out early this year. It sent me for, I can't get knocked out every day. The, I, got um, choked, I got choked unconscious last week. Why didn't you tap? Because I d- thought I could defend. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> what were you? What position were you in? He had me in a bow and arrow choke, and I had my my hand in, and I was going, "I'm defending this." And then all of a sudden, I was having a mini fit on the ground. <laughs> How'd you wake up? Did you wake up all right? 
No, I was all right. I felt like a con- a concussion though. Oh, it felt like a, it felt like I can see. I'm slurring my words still. It felt like a concussion. You were, anyway, you were slurring long before this choke out. Enough about me. I think you should become a slap fighter. Yeah, I'd look, I'd do it for the right price again. I don't think they're getting the right price at the moment. Um, the and I'd really right price housing and fucking food. No, I, I think I'm putting I'm putting myself above that at this point. I need at least a couple hundred bucks to walk around with. I need some so, walking around money. What's the plan when you get back? What are you going to do? Um, I'm basically, uh, I'm just going to get back into normal sort of scheduling, to be honest. Like I, I'm starting work on Monday with my uncle. Straight back into I, the salt mines. Salt mines. I need to get some stuff back together, bro. I need to get like. Straight from the Hunger Games back into the mines. A little bit. But like I, I need to get, I need to get some cash together and I'm, I'll be doing, I think I'm doing some coaching at Barker. Um, so been talking to them, but apart from that, I just need to get back into a normal sort of schedule. Yeah, nice. Nice. That's See your friends, go to Eastwood, yell abuse, no, people from the sidelines. No, 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 gonna, no. Are you going to coach, you reckon? Don't apart know. from Barker or just see what happens? I don't know. I haven't I haven't reached out to anyone, but I won't, I'm not going to Eastwood. They've got, I don't know what's going on there, but they've got enough going on there. So, um, yeah, no, if it, look, if there's something out there, then yeah, for sure. But I don't know at the moment. It is, uh, I, will, I will say, I've never done like, I've never done not coaching or playing, never done it. You might love it. Like, huh? You might love it. I might, or I might just find myself at home going through huddle videos, cutting them up for no reason. Like, yeah, I don't you know. Would do that. I think I'd probably love it. I was wondering that the other day. Like, well, I've never done it. So I've like, I, I, I could actually fucking get into the profession that I'm qualified to do. But yeah, because you're always like tying, you're always splitting your time between like, oh yeah, fuck, I'll get work. But then training's at 6.30 or whatever. Like if that doesn't happen, then I don't know. I don't know what you do with your spare time. That's true. Just analyze the US elections. Oh, jeez. What's happening over there? I've I've checked out lately. Dude, they've been doing a lot of... um, like Senate inquiries, House inquiries into Twitter and stuff like that. It's fucking very interesting. So like they're just spraying, they're just picking apart the Twitter board for like. I've seen some clicks, some clips on TikTok. Oh, it's so entertaining. I I was actually I wrote it down last weekend, but I I will just watch hours of the Senate or the House in in any country. I'll just watch. I don't know. I got massive problems, but I find that most entertaining thing ever. Like when they're yelling at the Roth guy about Did yeah, you just said like, to me. Here's an email yeah, yeah. where you, you said you were going to censor me. It's pretty crazy. Like they, they they're on some platform, like a WhatsAppy platform, and they're like, "Yeah, we've got to take this." Uh, just spoke to you know someone from the Democratic Party. We've got to take down you know Chubby's tweets about Hunter Biden's laptop again, like this and that. Like it's, it's I don't like it. Doesn't surprise me necessarily though. It's fucking wild. I love that. It's show. wild, but it's so satisfying because they're just most of like the. Senators are like ex-lawyers and they're real wily the way they speak. And they're like, Chubby, you had coffee this morning, didn't you? And you're like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, well, I've got news for you. I was at your house and you fucking didn't have coffee this morning. Answer like, the question, like, Mr. Gillespie. Yeah, we're on the clock, please. Uh, you want to please restore the 15 seconds that Chubby just took from me? It's very... Anyway, it's, so that's... Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I know that... Uh, I don't know. Joe Biden's fumbling around Ukraine somewhere. Don't I reckon cash. Elon Musk is a fucking legend. Absolute legend. 
You know, I'm not as big into Elon Musk as you are. I he don't. bought Twitter just for this all to happen. Yeah, but he's got. I was for some reason I was thinking about that last night. He's like, what would I do with even like a fraction of that sort of money? I don't know if I'd buy Twitter, but if you're extrapolating that into like where I just have money that can never stop existing, I'd do that. But he he has money that will never stop existing. Yeah, I, and I would do that. Like, fuck it. If you if you got that much money, what are you going to spend it on? I don't think you'd need the heat. I don't think you could deal with the criticism just quietly because they're going after him big time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how different my life would be though. I probably wouldn't be in fucking tin house, like waiting for my clothes to dry. Like it'd be a little bit different. I'd be in a opium mansion den. somewhere. You'd be in opium den. I wouldn't be in an opium den. Yeah, I don't know. Strangely, probably. Actually, speaking of an opium den, I went to um, an opium. I went to the. <laughs> I went to the beach on Sunday. Weather was pumping. We went to Repulse Bay. Ooh. And we're just relaxing, having it. It was really, really nice. Bus rolls in. So the borders just opened to, from the mainland. Bus of mainland Chinese people come off, honking, hammered, pissed on some sort of tourism trip, like smoking darts, drinking beers. I'm just sitting on my towel. Some chick comes up and takes a photo so close to my face. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? They proceeded like a bunch of people, like women and men, to just walk down the beach and they're just taking photos of girls in their bikinis from six inches away, man. Like, it was incredible. And like, girls were, they were very uncomfortable. Like, we sort of went down to say something to them, but like, it was not, I don't think they were trying to be creepy. They just were like, never seen a fucking white person at the beach. Like, it was. I took probably I took thirty photos with people probably. <laughs> Who they think you like, were like Action Bronson or something? I don't know, but they came up to me and like they offered me a cigarette. I'm like, no, nah, I already got a cigarette, and then, <laughs> and then they'd like like put their arm around me. Stop people just taking photos for go, half. Oh, an look, hour. we're with Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Is that butterbean? Yeah, mate. It was it just insane. But I don't think I, I don't think the boards have been open for a while. If this shit happened in a Western country, everyone would be in prison. Like, oh, they, there's, it, uh, there's been stories of like uh, native Chinese shitting in the street. And- oh, mate, it was all systems go. It was all systems go. And I was, we've have you been on a gambling trip yet? To where Macau? No. So they have these boats that go out to international waters, and you can get on a boat in Hong Kong, take the ferry out, and it's like a, a on the water casino. No. Yes, I don't please. have that sort of spinach, yes. man. I don't, oh, I don't have please. it. I don't. Please. If I was to tell you where I have to stay when I get home, you'd understand the spinach I don't have. But I've got to stay in a, in Vaucluse. It's going to be tough. Um, in, the but, in the butler room? Yeah, but, it, it, mate, it was yeah, it was grim. I, I, it's just – I don't know what's going on over there, but it's just clearly different standards of living because, fuck, they were off their tap. They Man. they let look they the the Chinese love a drink. I think it might be an Asian thing in general. They love a drink. They love gambling. You know, and when they get the opportunity to let their hair down, they do. Did you have you been to Macau yet? Actually, oh fuck, it wasn't open for a long period. And True. again, I'll remind you of the whole money situation. But I'm not gonna without opening you fully to my accounts. I'm not in the position to be going to Macau. To, I'd have to sell a kidney while I'm over there. And I suppose I have two kidneys, so I could always get rid of one. Here's but, a thought. Have you considered working? Not here. 
but I will be working literally in two days. From uh, back on the grind, I'll, I'll have you know, from fucking go straight, co- well, trade all day, then go straight to coaching. It's fucking something you are semi-familiar with. Yeah. Man, I'm, doing oh. a lot of, I'm doing a lot of driving lately. Yeah, I like driving, and it's I'm something that I miss. Listen to audiobooks, podcasts. Just listen to myself speak on podcasts. One of my, I actually never do that, but that would be funny if I did do that. I just everywhere. The E grievances episodes, they're fucking good. We need to get them back. Yeah, I know. I need to get them back. It's hard with the time difference. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when I know people will be on the piss and vulnerable, but I'll be doing that again. One of the things actually that could save you time is this fucking AI chat app. Yes. Have you seen this smoke? No. Have you I, seen I, it? No, I know of it, and I've had people send me that, like, there's an AI app where they can actually edit the video for you, and they, you put the video in, and they cut it down into clips. Is that? Oh, the one there's that an app for video. I was talking about the writing one. Oh yeah. Like, just get your pre-match speech, just write, or like Forge Chat, just write scrum position. Does story. it cost money? The app? No, it's what fucking it free. What is it? It's like Chat GBT or Chat GPT. All right. Mate, it is scary. That I know it's everywhere at the moment, but it's scary, scary, scary. Like I woke up one morning and someone had sent me like this story about myself, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like it was alleging I'd done something to someone, and I'm like, I, "This is imp- like what is what How am I did reading?" They know? How did the I, chat GPT know? Oh, I swear it was dark that night, but I like I looked over there and yeah, no, the it was it was just crazy. Like and all they did was type in my name. And story about X, and it just produces it. Like I mean, you see the um, the ads now as well. Like some of the dodgy ads on Instagram are like Joe Rogan endorsing something, but it's not him. It's just the AI doing it. I don't know what this is going to do to things. I don't like I. You could like you can literally just type like if we had five dollars to pay for one, you could just type it in and do say like do a podcast. Do a, write me a, write me a blog on Scrum. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcasting. So they've had to like sort of amend some of the ways that they're looking at plagiarism and stuff at unis because, like, fuck me, I write, went write to, me a book. Can you write me a book? Yeah, they sort of can. That's why it's so fucking. It's so weird. I don't know where it's gonna go. I, I, I it could be. I'm theorizing. It could be the renaissance of actual writing because all this like AI. Bullshit. Like it, they write in a very strange way, but they write a hell of a lot better than my some of my close friends do, who are almost illiterate. So it's sort of in between really good writing and like people who can't barely text. So it's but it, it's it doesn't sound quite right, doesn't flow quite right. Mm. But it's fucking crazy, and it's just popping off online. Humans um, are going to be unnecessary. Some of them are already. So- that's, that's some true. of them are already but like people you can just see deadbeats at uni and high school just going like uh fucking short story about a horse like whatever they just do for english class and just spitting out this this dog shit and it, they're probably getting away with it can't be worse than the dog shit that i spat out when i was doing that shit yeah, exactly exactly like at least you know the, like the grammar would be right <laughs> like things would be spelled correctly but 
Fuck me, it's it's very it's very odd. I can I genuinely can see people using it for various things. I think they are using it for various things. But nefarious purposes. Definitely, definitely. Like, I mean, it's it's really hacking into the market of writing people's essays for them, which is that's your business gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a market I thought I had fucking leveraged, but I don't inevitably. So, what do you? Uh, how do you see that playing out? I can see us all sitting in a room, all all um, drinking piss together one day, and just having all these computers do things for us. And yeah, I don't know. I think it'll either go one way. I think it could be like humans will just become a big pleasure center where all you do is pleasure yourself in whatever way, whether it's food or drugs or Excuse alcohol. Me? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, you know what on. I mean? Like just. You know, make me feel good, dopamine, dopamine, look at screens. And then all your tasks will be run by computers and robots. And the only way I could just, I can see it it happening too much, though, where people start to crave human interaction and like some sort of human touch on things. So I don't know. I I don't really care. I just hope I'm at the ground level of whatever explodes next. so the, the weed biz, the weed biz. No, I know you're you're big into that whole hashtag legalized cocaine, and I'm not as big into it. But no, you were saying that you can actually get cocaine <laughs> through the pharmacies. You fucking can't get the medical the cocaine. <laughs> yeah, med- the medical cocaine ticket, 2024 Australian referendum, uh, Duncan Chubb. Well, but- look, I know a lot of uh, Panatone users who listen to this show who <laughs> will vote for you. <laughs> I um actually well. I've- before I forget about genuine things, I've been coaching the eight, the 18s here. Very fun. Got very lucky to do the 18s. They're all sort of like borderline grown up and they're fucking very funny bunch of dudes. And they're really good. They lost the, They just lost the GF, but they fucking had a big turnaround. Um, but every game we play, like if you're playing a local team particularly, not so much the expats, you have two or three full-on ambulances on the field, people getting stretches off per, per game. So I had, we had a sevens tournament on the weekend and like I, like you sit, like a kid will sort of lie down and like hold his leg and then sit up and like wave the ambulance on the field and then lie back down like he's dead. And like I sort of, the other coach, so I sort of wander over, have a quick look at him. I'm no doctor. But I'm like, look, he's fine, unfortunately. No, 30-minute delay, ambulance, neck brace, and then they just take him, put him on the side of the field. He's on his phone swiping. Are they local it's, kids? Yes, they are. And it's fucking infuriating. I'd be up to eight ambulances this year, I reckon. Like, it's it's brutal. So after we've had to have a team, we had a little team discussion a couple, a couple of weeks ago about, I was like, if, you, if any of you guys get injured, you'll – you know about it when you get properly injured. Like a few of them have broken stuff before. You've you haven't hurt yourself too bad, have you? Have you hurt yourself bad? Are you talking to me? Yeah, on the field. Oh, not bad, no. Yeah, like if you break something, you fuck it's there's you know, straight away you're like, oh that well, is I've really... done ankles, I've done ankles and shit like that, but nothing serious. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, you you know, like if you when I broke my ankle, I'm like, okay, and you try and walk and then it just collapses and you're like, okay, I'm fucked. Like, I'm like, boys, trust me, if you break something, you're going to know about it. And if you try and walk it off, I'll buy you dinner and I'll come sit at the hospital with you. So we haven't had anyone going off injured since then. 
been a good life lesson. But before that, it was just, you know, you twist your finger, you come off for a bit, we can put you back on rolling subs. I'm like, this is not how the world works. I'm sorry. It doesn't work yeah. like this. Look, a lot of the uh, locals have had very gentle upbringings with their families. I, like Hong Kong's a very interesting place. There's incredible wealth. So it's the, the richest real estate market in the world or the most expensive, I should say. But there's also extreme poverty. So I think the average wage, and, and I will get this number wrong, but the average salary in Hong Kong might be 20000 Australian dollars a year. Oh, because of 20. Yeah, it's very low, very low because there's extreme wealth and then there's extreme poverty. So obviously that averages out at about, might be less than 50. It's definitely, it's definitely when I heard it, I've gone, oh, fuck, that's actually a really low uh, wage. So yeah. some of those kids kind of sit in the middle where they've had very comfortable lives uh, and they've had maids and they get looked after very well. And you know any physical conflict is a little bit unusual. Oh, oh, isn't it? What even one of our guys, you could play, you sort of taking a knee, and then the, as soon as the like some of the ambulance people who definitely aren't qualified see them taking a knee, they run on and they're like, you know, lie down. Can you feel your legs? And I just went up behind him. I'm like, mate, you're gonna have to stand the fuck up here because otherwise these clowns are gonna put you in an infirmary. And the average, got sorry, the average salary in Hong Kong is fifty six US thousand us dollars that's heaps it's considering some of the people that you know who are probably fucking killing it it's not a lot of money you think about all the millionaires in hong kong billionaires in hong kong there is yeah no no there's there's great wealth there's great wealth inequality there is and i'm at the bottom Uh, this house is below the poverty line i'd like everyone to know well below the poverty line um tuna very expensive here disappointing um, but yeah, we're well below the poverty line. Here's one for you. Uh, if you have a 30th or like a 25th or something, do you think you have to, you got to put on the beers, right? Uh, I would, but I know people that don't. It's, it's more, it's. Well, what I, just, I would do is what I would do is I'd go, I'm going to put on X amount. If you want more, yes. like just bring a little bit yourselves and I'll put like 500 bucks worth or a thousand, whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? no, it was a point. It was just a, uh, discussion of so social etiquette we're having i personally if you think back to like if i'm having people over for dinner or barbecue i'll tend to supply most of the food i know a lot of people don't do that but i'm like well i'm inviting them i'm feeding them that's how yeah i i I agree like if you're putting if you're having a thing i think you've got to put on something if people want to bring like i know you'd be bringing drugs and whatnot like i'm not going to put that on for you but if you I'll, i'll certainly put on a few beverages to wash down your drugs I'll put on the ketamine. You bring, <laughs> you bring the champagne. <laughs> yeah, champagne waffles, and Charby brings what he likes. Bring the All hash right? brownies for dessert, of course. Of very, course. very illegal here. Very legal. Very legal. But very. you've you've ma- managed to have a good income while you were there from selling them. I certainly haven't. I haven't. But I'm looking forward to having you come again. I've got to pay. I'm going to leave Granger Pine dry here with a number of expenses, so it's good. That is, um, that is good after his performance last week. Yeah, he's bad. Good player, though. So, I, I well, actually, no. I taught him everything. You is know, he staying so. in Hong Kong or is he coming back? What's his story? He's sta- coming back. Oh, not allowed to talk. Yes, very good. Oh, no, he is. He's got, he's got a job offer back in Sydney from a company here, actually. So, he can't avoid it. All these oh. days, toiling away for fucking zero spinach is, is panning out well. Well, um, look, it's important to see the world. It is important. 
Yeah, it is. What's what's the story on the shoot shield preseason? Give me some fucking, give me some hot hot takes. I've heard absolutely nothing. I saw some seven tournaments. To be um, honest, I haven't heard much either. The trials start probably this week or next week for most teams. Uh, I've kind of been locked into what the wildfires are doing. We're tracking along nicely. Uh, very confident with what we've got, um, as anyone would say, but I really believe it. And, um, yeah, I think more more will be revealed in the next couple of weeks. A couple of clubs throwing some cash sheesh around, which is not unusual. It's too late. Oh, as in they're throwing it. They've already thrown it. That's it's right. late to be throwing it now. Recruiting, you know, just being very aggressive with recruiting. So, yeah. look, I, I think there's a couple of clubs who are going all in. Um, if they are not successful, I think that could leave some uh, people without a job at the end of next year, end of this year. Um, yeah. And they've been very aggressive from what I understand. I think some of them need to be aggressive. I don't know who that, like, I don't actually know who the fuck you're talking about. I'm very out of the loop on this at the moment. But oh, it's the usuals. If East don't make the top four, then there's got to oh, be a whole subject. Oh, oh, I th- yeah. Yeah, I, I think top four is probably not good enough, really. Oh, I agree. For, but I mean, for, for, for where, for the investment that people have made there. What's, um, what are you predicting for yourself? Me? No, the team. Um, look, I think I don't want to speak for the team, but if we're not in it to win it, then why? Why are you there? Um, we've had this discussion before because I, like, I, I don't think. Well, I don't think everyone would say that. Like, there's no way West Harbour right now are like we're going to win the shoot shield. Yeah, look, they have. You know, they would. They would, they would have, have to, be have like, to win the shoot shield, but you have to want to win it. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Yeah. But like, pre, pre, like if your preseason goal, for instance, like I, I don't know how other places do it, but like ours would be, ours was top three or something. You know what I mean? And then after that, you deal with the next. We haven't really done that, I don't think. Or if they yeah, have, you I, don't have, if to. they have, you I haven't have. been there. Look, I, I, you know, going off last year, we missed the finals by a point, and the two teams we beat before the finals were Uni and Gordon. I know sitting in that room, everyone was pretty devastated at the result um, because they know that we could have gone a lot better. And look, I, I I think we'd be disappointed if we didn't make the finals this year. That's just my view on what I've seen. And like, if we're not going, if we're not trying to go all the way, then again, yeah, what's, no, what's that, the fucking point? No, like week to week, you, like it's not like you're turning up the games to lose by a bonus point or something. You, you're in it to win it. But uh, sometimes those long season goals, like I, you know, if you, were, I could see why you wouldn't just have your goal in the preseason as like yes, shoot shield. It would have like sometimes it has to be a little bit more segmented and not necessarily because I think I think Hunter will make the six and be a pain in the ass, but m- more because you almost did last year and. Your retention's been good. I think if you retain players these days, you're fucking halfway there. Like if you can, re- if you can put 14 of the 15 guys who are on the field at around 16 on the field again, like you've done a pretty good job because people are so they bounce around. Yeah, oh, I agree totally with what you're saying, and we have retained well. Something I I haven't talked to enough coaches who've won about this, but do you talk about winning? Like, do you talk about why you're there, or is the chat? 
We're trying to be as good as we can possibly be and the outcome will take care of itself. Because to me, I've heard both sides of the story, right? If you're not if you're not aspiring to win, what's the point? But the other thing is is that the way you win is by performing incredibly well every week, every day at training, constantly looking to improve, constantly sharpening your systems, your process, your coaching, your players, your fitness, whatever it is. And then that should be what you focus on and not the actual outcome of winning. Yeah, no, no I get it. I but get but it. I, I still I, think, like, and I I have no idea. Like, in reality, this is my first proper year of coaching because last year, I don't really count last year. It was a fucking shit show for me. But I, th- I feel like you got to talk about winning. But the yeah. way you win is by doing the process and going every week you do your review, you try and get better and better and better rather than focusing just on the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it. Certainly, if you're if you're a top team, and you win a game against second last, and you play like shit, like that is not a good outcome. Like if you fail to execute your game plan, you're playing nowhere near your potential. Like that's not good enough. So I I think in a lot of ways they're obviously heavily correlated. But if you're executing your game plan, you're executing your line out execution, and you're delivering the set goals. Yes, one will normally lead to the other. And that's why you can't have losses where the outcome is not so detrimental. It's not so sad because you're like, well, you played well, but the outcome didn't get the outcome. Yeah. It's like, but that's the other thing. That's sorry to cut you off. That's the other thing. Like, if you're constantly fucking focused on being better and better and better, and then you perform, but the coach is like, well, we didn't do this well. We didn't do that well. Then that's shit as well, in a way. I yeah, because you you, I think getting that balance between constantly trying to improve, recognizing good performances, and and realizing that at the end of the day, the outcome is really why we're here, and getting that mm. balance right is quite important. Yeah, it is getting. And I don't know how to. I don't know how to fucking do it. I'm just sort of thinking about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, no it's, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a concrete answer. Oh, look, I'm always, I don't know. I come from a very like straightforward reasoned way of trying to get outcomes. Like, you know, if we if you execute X, the prep is this. If you if it fails, if you execute everything and it fails, like it's on the coach for the game plan, right? But if you if if you're well prepped, you execute the X and Y, and you you'll get the outcomes. I think that's reliance on the in, on the plan and the prep as well. Like if if the system's been planned properly, and like the attacking system's functional, the defensive system's functional, the more you, like you're trained enough, like your things are being executed, and they don't work, then I think it falls back on the coach because it's it's the it's their overall game plan. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a difficult it's a difficult area. It is difficult. It is. I've difficult. always it's it's. I think one of the things. The last year, Bash told me, I think, was like, I just, I'm, whenever I was playing, I was never into like the themes and like the, you know, like we're climbing the mountain this year, Chubby, you know, like, you know, we've got to fucking hike up around one. Like, you know, like where you make something like, a, like the whole thing's metaphorical or like, you know, you're trying to, I don't know. It was just never my thing because I was like, look, I just got to play. I just got to scrummage well. Who am I scrummage against? This guy, okay. I need to tackle it 88% and fucking have a few touches. Like, I just need to play well. But some people, that that's not the same for everyone. You know, some people buy into like, 
a big overarching thing. Like, do you know what I mean when I say big overarching thing? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, like, most teams have one. Like your theme for the season. Yeah, like stuff. your theme, but like, like you can go to different elements of the theme. Like you could take it really extreme where you like name everything after stuff or you can, or like a certain thing. Like I know, I, I think that they did that at Melbourne last year is about fucking rock climbing or some shit like that. Like, Crusaders had really... like a boxing one a few years ago where yeah, yeah. all their players were after like different fighters and, yeah, yeah, like it. It was just it was never my thing. As in, I didn't get motivated by that. I was a little. I was try. I, I was more just like objective, tangible outcomes. Mm. Like, like I didn't need that. But what it that I suppose the point was that, that it's not the same for everyone. Like some people benefit from that, and yeah, they like having that. something that people can connect to. Is I yeah, think why, that, why the theme is important, or having yeah. some kind of theme. You know that was. I suppose the lesson is that, like, it, just because it, like, the coach may feel one way inclined doesn't mean it's going to suit everyone. So, like, you sort of got to, like, I could see being in teams where, like, you just have all these fucking connectivity themes and everyone fucking loves them based on the, based on what the personalities of the players are like. And then you could get into a different team. And to be honest, you just have to set out the very rugby specific game plan everyone will deliver. But the other thing is, is you can do all the perfect team building shit off field, which I'm sure some of the super rugby teams we've talked about have done and be terrible on field. And that's where my brain logically just wants to say it's because your players aren't good enough and you haven't done anything. Maybe your coaches aren't good enough. Maybe the admin's not good enough. Maybe the organization. Yeah, no, sorry. I mean, like those those things that you can literally just go and put your finger on. Like that's for me, like my gut instinct is just go put my finger on it and be like, well, you didn't, you don't have any tight five or you like, you don't have, you lost fucking five internationals. Like that's what I feel like putting my finger on. Whereas sometimes like, you know, people lean towards like the, yeah, you know, the, the, you know, the connectivity or the, the intent or something completely intangible that you, you just cannot measure Yeah, that exists. Don't get me wrong. Like some teams have unbelievable, connection and ways to play the game but it's it's not a, it's very hard to tangibly grab it and say this is this was it i just I mean on the other side of that you can dislike someone and still know how they play and play well together like there's countless examples of that oh there's fucking of course there is and i every every team would have someone who's more difficult in some way or another whether it's the fact that they're just a bit of a fuckwit but like they're you still it doesn't matter in the 80 but yeah, I don't know. It's there's just a lot of, I suppose I, I always lean to, towards the more objective things. But I understand that the subjective things are important, particularly based on like person, like the person. You really have to have both, don't you? Because if you go all culture, you know, team building, belonging, theming, all that kind of stuff, but you don't have your rugby house in order, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you got, can't be you got successful. No concept. You got no contact. But if you only do rugby and you don't have the off-field stuff, that can be, that can cause problems as well. So, look, coaching, I mean, I've coaching seen, is very I've complicated, seen, mate. I've seen very head coaches who are like all fucking vibe, but what they do then is appoint assistant coaches who are like detail-oriented, detail-driven people who probably aren't got any vibe, don't have any vibe at all, and then you see some great assistant coaches. Of various teams, like I'm sure higher up you go, the better they get, who are just so detail-oriented, so smart in the way that they analyze games, but have got no EQ. They've got no emotional intelligence. They can't 
fucking deal with people. They can't talk to people properly and players can't connect with them. Mm. And I think that hurts in the end as well. But I've seen, I have seen a lot of head coaches who are so fluffy and fucking off with the fairies. And when they like their delivery of rugby oriented things is terrible, but their connection to people is fantastic. Mm. As long as they surround themselves with like, you know, nerdy fucking rugby people, then it, it tends to work, I think. That's true. I agree. I mean, it's, it's I think you have a balance. If you're all detail orientated coaching staff and you don't have some guy who's like a people person, that's not going to work either. You know. I think yeah, I think I don't I don't know this is again just speaking off the cuff. But I think more head like the more head coaches are the more they're more I think you see more people managers than you'd see like and of course when you get to the good teams they're both, right? To an extent. But like I think at shoot shield level, you see more you see more just people managers. Certainly like when we were playing young and when we were younger, when there was less detail in the game, you saw guys who were just amazing team, you know, amazing people managers. They knew about rugby, but they weren't like micro-analyzing details. You see them running teams more because I think they connect with people better. And then you see like the guys who really break it down, I think they're better assistants. I'd agree. Yeah, completely, completely agree. I mean, and we, yeah, there's some very good examples of that. There's some great examples of that. And, uh, uh, but yeah, it's a, it comes back to player preferences as well. I'm sure you could get like a really nerdy, not nerdy, but like just very like, it's just way people learn, I suppose. Well, the, team- the other thing is, is that some people might love you. Some people might hate you for no reason as well. So. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Well, my intentions are good. If you're pushing, if you can share a, if you can share an outcome, I think you can defeat that sometimes. Like you, if you have a shared outcome where it's like, look, if we, if you play well, you'll get what you want, and I'll get what I want. Correct. Yeah. So like, you might you might not have to be on the exact same page about some things, but it's like, look, like I want to win X game, so I can do this. You want a contract? Like we have to be pushing in a similar direction here. If we don't, then it's just going to fuck everyone. Mm. I think you do lose some young guys sometimes because I think young players are getting more and more fucking lost with more their more opportunities and less and less patience. Le- oh my maybe look, maybe it's just like two old heads not being able to recognize how they were at twenty. I was but even patient. at twenty. I was impatient. I was I was impatient, but I wasn't like, fuck, I'm gonna be in the World Cup next year. Like I, that's the sort of shit I hear now. It's oh, like look, oh, I, I had to become be a coach to realize that, like, if, like, I, I don't even know if I want to do coaching professionally, but if, if it's going to happen, it's going to take 10, minimum 10 years, minimum, mm. Mm. maybe longer. Mm. Do you want to put the I'm time? In yeah, no, I get that. And uh, I think like- it's the same with some players. Like, Shoppy's a great example of someone who was a fucking third grader, decided to work hard no matter how long it took. And, like I would not be surprised if he plays maybe not at this World Cup, but the next World Cup. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Hmm. No, no, I, I I get that. I suppose it's like if you if you haven't played first grade yet, like the goal for the next season shouldn't be super ugly. Which I just think is what what, what people do, whether it's like they haven't played fucking anything yet. And I mean anything, like maybe they're in first grade Colts and they're like, I really want to be in the Olympics next year. Like, like that's not a bad Super duper goal, but like you, you need something a little bit more 
achievable in the short term, like maybe making be the best you can be. Oh yeah, but like I don't know, leading try scorer in Colts or fucking play every game in Colts, get it one great selection for the year, like something. There's just uh, uh, some of the goals are so fucking unachievable that then the plays bounce around and they're like, oh fuck, I'm leaving, I'm leaving Hunter because I didn't play first grade my second year out of school. You know, like it's just bad. It's I, just look, stupid. I I, th- I think the only way to actually get to where you want to go is to try and squeeze the most out of whatever potential you have. So having that as a as a goal is a good thing, I think. So everyone has things that they can work on. I can always I'm going to be as big and strong and fast and powerful and skillful and you know work on my kicking game, my box kicker from a halfback, and just try and be better rather than going looking for outcomes. It's similar to the chat we had before about winning competitions versus going through the process. And I, I think too many people are outcome based particularly when it comes to playing careers and not enough about trying to be as good as they can be. Like, yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. That'll get, that tends to, people that are dedicated to the process of self-improvement tend to get to where they want to go anyway. They tend to, or they'll get, they'll get something else out of it. But I, I, think, I do think like the, the depth coming out of the shoot shield in the last decade and like, I'm sure someone wanted to debate me on that, but I don't know how you do it because it's just fucking undisputable. But has like hurt expectations a little bit because you do see guys coming out of school and playing first grade straight away, being really, really good. Super rugby. Super rugby. Like Jorgensen's on the wing this weekend, like straight away, really, really good. Now they are the 1% outlier, but even at like because the, the depth's fallen off a little bit, you do see guys coming out of school and playing you know, second grade, the first year out or like getting two caps of first grade. I think then the people who are coming after them are like, well, that's realistic for everyone. Whereas 10 years ago, it was not impossible to do. I Like it was on the same level as playing Super Rugby first year. It was just impossible. There was too much depth. There were too many. You wouldn't have even considered it. No, but I think that's hurt like the, I think that's hurt realism a little bit in terms of where people want to be. And I think that's why you get so many. I think it's why it's hard to recruit. Like I've I've seen a little bit of the recruiting of the of like school leavers. Everyone wants to hear they're going to be in first grade, and like even Australian schoolboys players and stuff like that. Some of them just aren't ready. It depends what position they are, of course. But like I don't know if you go into a top three club and you want to be the starting fullback. Well, there's already a guy there who's very good. He's never going to play Super Rugby. But he's fucking very good at the moment. Well, and the other thing is, like, I know Eastwood promised guys first grade spots, but any club <laughs> that promises a first grade spot, I just don't think you can do that. Like, I would be very distrusting of someone that said, you're going to be the first grade loose head prop. I just wouldn't trust it. No, I don't, I don't think it's a way to build. I don't like, I don't know. I like this. Look, there's super recruiters out there. And I think the super recruiters, are clearly very good at what they do, but one way or another, you're going to lose the bottom. You're going to lose the bottom forty percent because you can only make so many fucking promises, right? But yeah, and it's a very unique environment. The shoot shield is because, particularly if you're a director of rugby or head of rugby, you not only have to make sure you have a good first grade team, but you need your seconds, your thirds, your fourths, your Colts, your second Colts, your third Colts coming through. Ultimately, well, yeah. you need a strong club, but ultimately you get judged on first grade. So I, I think, f- and we've talked about this multiple times, your third and fourth grade is your most important guys in any club. And if, yeah, if they yeah. become disillusioned, fuck off, 
then you kind of fucked until someone goes, well, we're a first and second grade competition only. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get you. I just think it, I just think about when I was that age, like I remember Ben Robertson was like someone I wanted to, obviously, you know, from Eastwood, blah, blah. But he played like a year or two of Colts. So like my expectation was like, well, I'm going to play Colts. And then just like whatever happens, if I get a game of grade, which I did, awesome. But like that's like a normal progression for someone who ends up in the Wallabies. Whereas absolutely, I suppose now people would be looking at Angus Bell and, being, and it's completely different because he, you know, went straight to sort of, he played a little bit of cosplay, like sort of, you know, straight into the sort of superish system. And they're like, well, that's why aren't I doing that? Where's my, where, why aren't I playing first grade? You know? Yeah. It's strange. It's, it's, I think weird. it's a generational thing. I think, as you said, there's a few young superstars that pop through and uh, people tend to compare themselves to the best. So it's. Yeah. Personally, I love playing a team with a young superstar when I was playing and coaching because they can, they're very, very good, but you know that they just don't have the runs on the board. Well, their, very, feet, their feet haven't really been in the fire yet. No, but that's what I like playing. And traditionally, like Randwick have had a lot. Like when I was in my mid-20s, like Randwick had all those guys. And playing them, I used to love playing them. because Was that when Campo and that were playing? The Ella brothers? I was like, where the fuck are you going with that? I was trying to, in my head, I was like, who the fuck? Um, no, but like when they, you know, like Hannigan's era and like Dave Horwitz, D, you're like, they were, fight, they were really good players, really good players. When they were 19, it's like, I can't wait to play this team because my, like, whoever's 5A for our team will never play professional rugby. But this second, he's way better. Mm. Like, the, your, their, their access will go far, far higher. They're going to eclipse everyone. But like at this very moment, they're not quite as good. It's very, it's strange how you can have like, you know, the strange schoolboy seven who's a weapon, but some like builder from Hornsby is better than him for the next 18 months. It's like, it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah, it's interesting. And why those guys actually don't make it and the other guys do make it. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be, I don't think I'd like to be a recruiter like that. Like I think it's part of everything, but I don't. I don't know if I could mass. I don't know if I could mass recruit people like that. Mm, it's, a, it's, a, to, it's an educated guess, really, isn't it? But I'd have to be. I don't think I could promise the world. I, you'd have to be pretty realistic. Like, I think. I look. I think honesty is the only way to go about it. Because if you promise the world and don't deliver, that pre- pretty quickly gets spread out, and people talk. It does. And then you got to you got to trade it off though. Like if you lose the bottom forty percent, but you win the comp, you know, or you can't, or you get good out. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's complicated, but it's it's more and more prevalent. I think as depth thins out a little bit, you get way more recruitment. Like fuck, the recruitment these days is so much higher than it was. It's so much higher. Remember, like you know, like uh, I don't know, Has Southport. Southport, yeah, it, it does have to be. I know, yeah. but South was stacked for a while, right? And you really didn't. Like going into that next season, you're just looking for like, all right, we needed, we could use a left winger. There's a couple here and there. It wasn't. Yeah, and we could use the seven. East was exactly the same. And like some guy might show up, like, I don't know, Jared Barry might show up. But he, like, I wouldn't call it recruitment. It was like, oh, they were sick of playing where they were or like they moved closer or something like that. Like there just wasn't the same reliance. Like I reckon most teams now, 
most would be looking at like five guys for and like not five, not no, I'm not talking five guys for the squad. I'm like we need five starters. I, I look, I've I've heard very good coaches say that you want to be three deep in all positions. Oh yeah, definitely three deep, definitely three. But I mean, like going into a new season, like we're going to need just because of turnover, like MLR. I'd even say it's pe- more. It's more than five, mate. More than five. starters, starters for your fifteen. More than five. Yeah, there most, you go. Most clubs. Yeah. More, more than five comfortably. It's, it's fucking crazy. I don't know how to retain people either because short of having a good time, which is very fucking important, and some clubs do it very well, some clubs do it very, very bad. Like short of being in a good environment. Yeah, like there's no, there's not money in it these days. There's not, not these days ever. There's been money in it. There's not as much like culture around playing into your thirties and like you know racking up five million games. So there's oh, just I less incentive. You've, you've got to have a good rugby program. One, you got to have a good off-field culture at your club. Two, three, give people opportunities: work, study, trade, housing, whatever it is. And I think if people if people can feel like they're getting better, they're a part of something good, and they're in a happy place, I, I think that's enough for most people. Yeah, no, I agree. I just I don't think you. I think it's hard. It must be hard to do because you don't see it that much. You don't. I think see it. human like, beings are very complicated people, particularly when they all get together, and to get it right is very fucking rare. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But very, yeah, it's, it, in this in this like post. Golden era generation where like it's a lot younger. The mean average is just so much younger. You just don't have guys playing late. Like fuck me. Like we spoke about last year. But what would you pay for just like a? You pay a fortune for like a thirty-year-old veteran who can still do things, like in certain positions. You know, like even like this is just completely made up. But like you know, backup ten, like a backup ten. You know, will be you can go to war every day. He'll be fine, but. You can also experiment with some young superstar, you know, like you just pay, you'd pay the weight in gold for it, but it, it just doesn't really exist. It doesn't really exist. Because they're not playing like a, anymore. Yeah, exactly. But like uh, Sinclair from North, like he's hung up the boots, I think. He's coaching, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, head of rugby at Shaw now. Yeah, head of rugby. But he's doing Fox. their skills. He's a skills coach over at North. Yeah, I know. I know he's, but like another, like I retired when I was 28. Like he he's 29. Your first like, retirement yeah. was at 28. Yeah, that's my first retirement. Um, but like, like when if people in the combat think about, I'm sure like the young guys would be like, man, he's ancient. He's fucking 29. Yeah. Like, there was there was a period when people were fucking 38, like you. Like there was there was old dudes. Like I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, Holler was still playing for us, and I don't know how old he was. Like he's getting his 1,200 cash a week in the envelopes that you guys all get. Why wouldn't you? I'd still be I'd still be playing. You know what I'd like to do, actually, since we're going to do go down this line, I would like everyone to open the books. Like when they wanted Trump to open his taxes, I'd like to see the books. Can we see the books? You reckon Eastwood would want that? Yeah. I don't reckon they would. They would I, but I'm speaking from 2022, open the books. There is fuck all there. There's a lot of rumors going around that James Wayne was getting paid fucking ec- like 50 grand to play. He was getting paid his weight in gold. No, no, no. No one has enough gold in the world to pay his weight in gold. But I'd like to see what I would. That would fucking, that would certainly give me an afternoon of fun just going through everyone's recruitment books and having a look at what people are worth at various spots. 
that would be fucking enthralling. That would be as enthralling to a rugby fan as watching the MLR combine, which I've done a few times as well. Both equally enthralling. Well, we need people like you in the world because there's no way in fuck I'm doing any, either of those things. Oh, no my way hot tip, fuck. As we wrap up, my hot tip for the week is if you are a rugby fan and you're bored, go and watch the MLR draft. It is one of the funniest fucking things you will ever watch. I, I spoke to a MLR coach who had three picks in the draft and he had no idea what because you got to pay them. you got to keep them on for a season. Like they had 40-something picks, Chubby. 40-something picks. It's scary. If you once you get to about pick three, it gets very dicey, like very dicey. Pick forty. Imagine pick forty. I've seen pick forty. He's a non-jumping second row, and he's big he's, dude. He's a Jared Barry style player. He's, oh, geez, Jared. Don't listen, Jared. <laughs> um, all right, well, I, that, that, that's all I got this week. That's that's me too. I got to go. Um, I don't know when we'll do this again. The silly season's about to kick off, so we'll we'll try and make time. Jed's about to be working. Two jobs, which is what he needs to feed his gambling, his drugging, his alcoholism, his degenerate late night activities. Do you miss the king, the old King's Cross? By the way, remember when it was back in the heyday? Like you, I would, you mate, were, I would have gone, I would have gone there. Yeah. I would have gone there. Besides Kit and Caboodle, which I would go to a couple of times on a Sunday, I've been to the Cross. I can count on one hand. One big strip club, hand. big strip club guy. But never been a big strip club guy. I don't. I've never had that sort of equity. Um, of course, I you can save those save those women from that life, but no, don't miss King Cross, and I don't miss anything to do with that. Well, why do you have an account at the men's gallery still? Is the men's gallery still a thing? I'm told it is. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the decline of that industry as well yesterday. Actually, what a what an inspiring day of conversation. But something no doubt. Granola still thrives on since it's stuck in the 80s. But why would really, you want to just, be around humans when you could just go online? Do you know what I mean? No, I don't know. I miss people. There's not enough people here. It's a There's city a full of, of NPCs. A lot of people. NPCs everywhere, bro. Well, okay, let's finish on this. You got any inspiring messages for the people? What's your last meal going to be? I don't know. Give us, give us something to really keep us going. <laughs> I just tried to, and you made me talk about strippers. Um, made you? No, I'm. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to driving and fucking eating a steak and those normal things which you can't really do here. And as I said before, appreciate appreciate the homeland. I'd like to some love for Australia. I'd love to see some love for Australia. Some self love. People out there. People loving. Everyone love everyone. Ele. You'll be going to some. Tony Abbott rallies as soon as you get back, <laughs> trying to get into ScoMo's party. And it could be the perfect time to run for political office since I have nothing going for me, like many Do they have eyes wide shut parties over in Vaucluse where you hang out? You know, those eyes wide shut with the masks. And I don't is think that a so. thing? That's a real thing. I've still it? been to Vaucluse, literally. I reckon I've been to Vaucluse less than three times. Mate, you've got all this fucking... We've been promoting this shit out of caffeine gum on here and caffeine gum sales are through the roof. Through the fucking well. roof. I'm surprised well. you have to go and sit in your pantry to film this fucking... Film this podcast secretly. You walk out that door, there's butlers everywhere. There's old whiskeys. There's money just in the walls. I can't there's have money whiskey because I just drink it. Otherwise, I would have it. But I'll, okay, just, drink but it. I'll just, just drink it so there's no point. There's just fucking marijuana and cocaine everywhere and you just... 
you're just swimming in money since, since cocaine's really, I mean, since caffeine's really erupted. Tell you what, Chubby, there's your next big business venture. Chewing cocaine. Chewing cocaine. Yeah. Chewing tobacco, chewing gum, chewing cocaine. Boom. Tell me why it wouldn't work. Give me one reason. Oh, I would. Of course it would work. You know, actually, my, this is, can we import, you know those beetle nuts they chew in Papua New Guinea? No, I don't. Have you seen them? Someone will know who are listening. They like, they just these nuts. They fucking grow over there and people chew them and it's got like a slight opiate in it and their teeth go red. Let's import them. Look, I'm sure Papua New Guinea is a lovely place, but I have no desire to go there or to chew beetle nuts. <laughs> as good as their rugby team is, no. All right, no, that's, that's it. I've got nothing else. Well, that's it. All right. Good luck to everyone playing this weekend. Um, yeah, except New Zealand teams. I hope you will lose. My tip is the Rebels. I mean, Force, Tars, no idea about that one. Yeah, Force better be the Rebels. That might be their only win this year. All right, peace, people. Bye.